Great day, everyone. There is a lot of talk about the great resignation. Is it a real thing? And if it is a real thing, what exactly is it? We're going to dive a little bit more deeply today into the conversation around the great resignation coming up today on the Coffee with Rhonda show, where we help you learn uh, to do the thing that we talk about all the time. And that is we want to be able to help you lead above the grind. Are you ready to lead above the grind? Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. We're really excited that you're here with us today. I am joining you once again on location here in the British. My camera goes in and out or some weird things happening. Just don't pay it any attention. We'll just keep things moving. So uh, I'm really excited about our show today and ready to dive right in. Um, we have another guest that should be joining us. Not sure he'll make it. He said he's having some technical difficulties. If he does, that would be sweet. We will bring him in. If he doesn't make it, then we will continue our discussion for today. So I am your host for the show, Rhonda Y. Williams. I am known as an RSOL or a recovering stressed out leader. And I today help leaders really build a more fulfilling, empowered life by really connecting to their purpose, their passion, and seeing how they can share their brilliance with the world. So today in my cup, I have a, a mimosa that is pink Moscato based. Okay, so a pink Moscato based mimosa is what I have in my cup. And you can see the beautiful background behind me. This was my goal was to share this uh, beautiful scenery with all of you today. So if my lighting is weird or anything else, you all know what I look like. You don't need to see me. Just look at the background and all will be fine. So that's me and that's what's in my cup and it's where I am still here in Anguilla. So let's introduce our uh, our caffeinated co-host, Roz Jones, who's with us today. Good day to you, Miss Roz. Hello, I'm Roz Jones, the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers. Will we help expand the life of the loved one? Why do I do it? I do it to help the caregiver on their journey to reduce the SOS, which is being stressed, overwhelmed, and providing safety and security. When you can't do it all, give us a call. And today in my cup, I have puppy dogs. <laughs> oh! <laughs> puppy dogs in your cup. Roz, I got to tell you, we, we don't ever know where you're going to be. And we also don't ever know what you're going to have in your cup. And puppy, he is so adorable. Oh, my gosh. Too yeah, cute. So this is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's the client's dog. <laughs> so 
cute. Thank you, Roz. All right. So let's go to our guest joining us today. I'm really excited to have you with us. I met Melissa on Clubhouse. She runs an amazing room on Clubhouse. Super knowledgeable, incredibly wonderful hearted, spirited person. So Melissa, welcome to the Coffee with Rhonda show. Tell us a little bit about you and then tell us what you have in your cup. Ah, okay. Well, thank you, first of all, for inviting me. I'm like, this is amazing. And you're right. Your background is mesmerizing, just as you are, Rhonda. And Roz, it's absolutely amazing to meet you today and to hear more about what you do. Wow, care and the SOS analogy. Absolutely love that. Um, so I am Melissa Curran. I'm the CEO and founder of the Modern Mind Group. And I'm emotioneer in human performance, not engineering it. It's all about really looking at you know, who we are as individuals, because we're driven by emotion. Um, so that's a little bit about me. What is in my cup? Here it is. Uh, in my cup is a masala chai tea. I started drinking masala chai when I was in Dubai, which that rhymes. I wasn't expecting that to. Um, but I, <laughs> I had a cold when I was there and it's like spiced tea. Mm, it's lovely. And it's got some uh, cinnamon in it and some other spices. So yeah, that's what's in my cup. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And Melissa, did you say where you were based? Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm coming to you guys from Wales in the UK, in the United Kingdom. Uh, so it's like four o'clock in the afternoon here. I was telling Rhonda I've been doing painting and DIY. And then I was like, hang on a minute. I'm on the Coffee with Rhonda show. I have to like, <laughs> you know, zhuzh myself up and get on this. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Melissa. I love, you know, I love the fact that we continue to be able to bring in um, international knowledge and expertise, which, you know, the world is shrinking as a result of technology. So I love being able to tap into your part of the world um, and see what you are seeing and hearing from your world. Absolutely. All right. So here's what I want to do. I want to go say hello to some people. All right, we have got some folks out there that are tuning in. And so let's see who we have out here. We've got uh, Nusheen, my very dear friend. Hi, Nush. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, for this episode. We've got Cindy out there. Uh, Melissa, Cindy's my mom. So mom is watching from the dentist's office. <laughs> All the way from where. All right. And she says, so I have nothing in my cup yet, but looking forward to another great show. That's fantastic. My sister's out there also. Regina, hello. Thank you for tuning in. A joy to be here. And she's got fresh ground coffee in her cup. Uh, Nusheen said, good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Regina. And then Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. I haven't seen you in a little bit. It's great to see you here. She says, good morning, everyone. She has lemon tea chilled in her cup. Fantastic. Uh, Marisol is joining from Anguilla also. Hi, Marisol. Great to see you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Amazing person. I just met through some friends here, so I'm super excited to see. And David is here also. David says, welcome and good morning. We have so many folks tuning in. Hi, Victoria. Good morning, friends. What a great intro. I'm so glad you liked that, Victoria. I hope you danced a little bit when it came on, because, you know, that's the whole purpose of it. If you can't get it moving, then what's life about, right? So... <laughs> And she has French roast in her cup. And then um, and then Cheryl said, thank you for being a guest from Wales. So, Melissa, that is to you. So let's get our show started today. And, um, and Andrea is joining. Hey, Andrea, great to see you. Lemon hot tea for me. It's, and I haven't seen you in a little bit. So thanks so much for tuning in. Really glad that you're here. So 
Um, if you have not liked the video, if you have not shared the video, please take a moment and do that for us as well. The information we're going to talk about today um, is valuable not only for you, but there is someone else out there that needs to hear this information too. So uh, if you would share that, that would be fantastic. So I want to start by talking a little bit about the Great Resignation. We've been hearing so much about the Great Resignation. Every, you know, there are articles and YouTube videos and um, posts on I've seen CNBC segments on it, and everyone is just talking about the great resignation. So I wanted to dive into this a little bit more. I think first and foremost, ladies, I want to begin to understand what is the great resignation, right? And is it a real thing? And I want to start by setting context to this. Because there is, you know, you hear these numbers, millions of people are leaving their jobs and and then a, a several more million are planning to leave their jobs. So I want you to take a look at this slide because I want us to bring some context to this. So, so this is stateside only for the United States, but this phenomenon is happening globally. So what you can see here on this graph is you can see the general trends of resignation. And this goes all the way back to 2001. So you can see around 3 million, it dipped down a little bit to maybe one and a half million, rose back up steadily to around 3 million. And now we're looking at September, 2021, where 4 million, more than 4 million people have left their jobs. So what does this mean for all of us? I think the context and what I want everyone to start by and, and to get on a little bit of a level playing field here is the great resignation seems to be something that we all need to pay attention to. However, we're not talking about double, triple, quadruple resignations over the norm, right? I think that's a really important context for us. We're looking at maybe a million more than normal, um, and, and that is significant and impactful and important. Um, but I want us also to just recognize and realize that you know, there are, um, you know, just some things that we need to understand. So when you see those numbers, Roz and Melissa, I want you to give me your thoughts on what do you, what do you see? Roz, let's start with you. What do you see in those numbers? And is there anything in those numbers that really stands out for you? I guess the thing that stands out for me because of COVID, those numbers are important because I, this is, as I always say, this is just Roz Jones talking. I think a lot of those resignations are from from the medical field. You know, you know, whatever uh, uh, people are doing in the medical field because of COVID, because of the stress, because of the lack of support, be, just um, not only the lack of support from the from the their employers, but then also too, you know, the lack of mental support that they're not getting the stress being overwhelmed so you know i i give you all some numbers the other day it's like 3.8 million direct and indirect caregivers i'm sorry that's the dogs y'all indirect and direct <laughs> caregivers are wait a minute anyway direct and indirect caregivers are are resigning and so, you know, this is people who, who are either doing intake, emergency room, you know, all of this stuff are resigning. So is, is it a surprise? No. Is it going to stop? No. Because people know now that they have options. It used to be if you resigned, oh, what are you going to do? It was a black ball. Now if you resign, people are like, hey, I understand. And, you know, so I think um, the great resignation is going to be even more people. I don't think it's going to stop. Mm -hmm. I'm done speaking. Uh -huh. 
Wow, thank you, Roz. And thank you for those additional numbers, specifically in the healthcare sector, where we see a lot of extra stress and pressure. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a bit. Melissa, tell us what you see in those numbers when you when you take a look at that graph I showed. Well, first of all, I thought it was over 12 months. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, okay. So the first thing I thought was that. And then when you said it was back to 2001, I was like, whoa, okay. That's like, you know, the spike, you can see that it's definitely there. So when you say, is it real? There, there really is something that is is happening. Um, what could it be though, right? So it made me, it made me sort of think, is it people that upskilled themselves and then decided I'm going to move field? Or is it entrepreneurial people that say, hey, you know what? Like I've built a base for myself now. I have an idea. I've had time to think about it. Am I going to go out and actually do this myself? Um, so I, I think it would be interesting to know what the difference would be if there was any. But, you know, that, those are my thoughts. Yeah, really important points because um, there's so much. So anytime we see number and data, I think the initial thing that we should um, we should do is to get curious, right? What's really driving these numbers? What sectors are these from? You know, and um, and where are the numbers coming from? So uh, Andrea had a great question, and she said, "Are are those numbers based on unemployment filings? And is it possible that the number is greater because folks have resigned and found another job and did not file for unemployment?" I think the answer to some of that, uh, Andrea, is absolutely yes. Right. So the numbers came from the Bureau of Labor uh, Statistics here. So, of course, they capture a lot of data uh, on a regular basis. And so I do think that some of those numbers are from there. However, so the second part of your question and your thought here is, have they found another job and didn't file for unemployment? However, if you leave my place of employment and you are taking knowledge, talent, people, resources away, I still have the same impact. And I think that's what people are afraid of, right? So it's not necessarily that people are just staying out of the workforce, but it is, oh my goodness, I have, you know, 5%, 3% of my workforce potentially looking to resign. What's the impact to me as an employee? So I hope that was helpful in responding to your question. Amina's out there. Hi, Amina. Great to see you. And she says, hello, everyone. Looking forward to the show. Amina, if I'm correct, you are based in um, Africa. So thank you so much for tuning in um, to the show. And uh, Cheryl said that she shared the knowledge. Yay. Thank you, Cheryl. And Regina said, yes, the song is amazing. I love to dance to the music. <laughs> thank you for doing that. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you for dancing and energizing. So, so as we think about the numbers, right? So we understand what the numbers are. And that trend, Melissa, is global. Right. So the numbers I showed were from the U.S., but when I was doing a little research on this, it's really not just the U.S. It's really happening in many, many different places. So but every sector has not been impacted in the same way. Right. We know that we know that tech got hit hard. We know that healthcare, food service and retail. And Melissa, I'm curious to know that's what we've seen in the states. Were those same sectors you think impacted uh, where you are, where healthcare, tech, uh, food service, and retail were really bearing the brunt of this? Yeah, it's really interesting in the UK, though, because we, of course, did the whole Brexit thing. 
Um, a lot of um, European workers decided to go back home during the pandemic, during the lockdown. Plus, they knew that um, the, the laws within the UK were changing. So there has been um, uh, there's been a massive shift in terms of the level of recruitment. Um, there's uh, more jobs than there probably is people that are looking now. Um and so we had, you know, I don't know whether you guys saw it on the news or it got there. We had fuel shortages because there wasn't enough um, people to take the, the fuel um, around the UK. There was um, hospitality um, sometimes is, is just closing because, you know, due to still um, continued COVID challenges, they just they haven't got enough staff to keep the doors open. Um, so, so that's also happening. And I think also there was a little bit of... Um, concern about returning to the hospitality and, and retail sector and the leisure sector when it got hit so hard I, I think people started to wonder you know should we really be in this kind of vertical should we be in this sector anymore um, so, so that is also happening um, but like Roz was saying there's there's also definitely a, a shift in the the care and, and the NHS that we have in the in the UK um, you know with, with hospital care we're seeing a lot more nurses and, and care workers, um, you know, change. But but that's also due to vaccinations, too. Right. So that also could be a contributing factor to the great resignation. Not that necessarily that's the only thing that we're going to talk about today. But, it, you know, it's it's definitely a factor to, to bring up. And there's, you know, let's address the elephant in the room like that. That actually happened. Um, so. So, yeah, so there's there's things like that that I think are at play in the UK. Um, so it, it's definitely uh, um, a job seekers market right now uh, because they're, they're fine. When you're aiming to recruit, you're just finding that people are finding jobs really, really quickly and um, and they've gone into another one. So, yeah, interesting <laughs> to see the differences maybe across the across the pond. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I All right. So Cheryl has a comment here. So Cheryl. Um, Cheryl says, in addition, Roz, she said, I want to pop in my cup. Um, Roz, that was to you. Uh, Cheryl said, I want to pop in my cup too. So <laughs> that's awesome. So Cheryl said, I do feel the numbers are a bit skewed because they are not able to account for everyone. And I, I agree, Cheryl. And I think that will probably always be the case, right? They won't always be able to pop in or to account for everyone. Right. So when we're looking at numbers, always with the eye of skepticism and understanding who this is really represent and what what is it trying to tell us? But so as I was doing research for this show, there were it, there became two sort of distinctive camps. And I want to share those two with you. And I want you to think about these two camps and how they impact the great resignation, because then we're going to begin to move our conversation into each of us. What should we as leaders be doing? What should organizations be doing? At this point in time, you don't want to lose any of your workforce, right? So whether the great resignation is hitting you hard or not, I think it's up to every organization and leader to know that potentially you might be at some risk here, right? So, so let me share with you um, this slide, which I thought was interesting. So what it says is who is quitting here? And and I labeled it the, the tale of two worlds just because I thought that was <laughs> that was appropriate. Uh, so they said, who is quitting? The first group are people who are professionals who are making a choice between good and better, right? Professionals making the choice between good and better. The second group are people who are making the choice between a workplace that is terrible, unhealthy, maybe unsupportive and toxic, 
and survival, right? So they are going, if I don't lose this job, if I don't leave this job, I'm going to go crazy. I can't take it anymore. I'm stressed. I feel unsupported, undervalued. So they are leaving. So I found that interesting to think about these two different groups. And I want to talk first, let's talk first about the first group of people, the professionals who are leaving because they're making a choice. There's good and there is better out there. Um, and so, Roz, as we think about there are folks on our teams that are looking for better, right? Not necessarily saying that this place is awful, not saying it is toxic, but they're going back to Melissa's point. This is a job seekers market. I have some opportunities here. There are some things I can do here. So, Roz, how should we be thinking about this group of folks? I think we should be supporting them. If 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 they want to improve and move on, because I have a young lady like that right now. She uh, she uh, went and got her. She didn't have a high school diploma. She went and got her high school diploma. Now we're getting her CNA license. So I'm encouraging her to hey. Get your stuff, get your stuff and go, honey, go for it because you have opportunities now that I didn't have. When we were coming up, it was like, go to college, get that government job, stay there for 30 years. You don't have to do that anymore. You're not locked in. So I think a good leader, a good leader would recognize that someone is trying to improve themselves and give them the tools and the resources to help them get further along than what they did. And that's just Ross Jones talking. And I'm done speaking. This is Roz Jones, and I'm done speaking. <laughs> Thank you, Roz. You know, I um so I love that you encourage that because there's a lot of fear on the part of leaders. And I think when we are fear-based in our leadership, it causes us to take different actions, make different decisions than we would if we were not, right? So the actions become um, in, in service of yourself and your organization and not so much in service of the other person. So, Melissa, when you well, think I, about I, those, Go I ahead, Ross. I want to say one other thing, too. And when you do that, it shows that you're not in competition with your employees. You know what I'm mm. saying? That you're confident in who you are. And if I'm if I'm confident, I want to pass. I want to pass that on to you. I want to undergird you. So that also says to me, again, this is just Ross Jones talking. It just says something about the leader, that the leader's not scared or fearful. Okay, this person is going to go out and do better than me. No, I want you to do better than me. I want that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Rhonda, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Thank you for adding that point. That confidence comes through in your behavior. So I want to acknowledge somebody else out there. Lynn is tuning in. She's also here in Anguilla. We met just yesterday. Hi, Lynn. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And then Cheryl says, as before we go to Melissa, Cheryl says, I do feel the numbers um, are a bit skewed. So we mentioned that. Amina um, said, yes, I am all the way from South Africa. So thank you so much. And then Andrea said, attrition concerns. I get it. The question is, how can the employers attract and retain? Do employers have to reimagine employment agreements they have with staff, salary, work? Oh, I love that because that's what the second half of our discussion is going to be all about. What should we be focusing on as, as leaders, as employers? How do we hold on to this amazing group of talent that we have? So, but first, um, Melissa, what do you see and what do you think we should be thinking about for that first group, the professionals going, oh, I think I can do a little better. 
for that first group, I, it, it makes me think when you and you and Roz were talking and you brought it up there, and I, I love this, by the way, I feel like I'm learning as I'm having this conversation with you as well. Like we're growing together. This is great. Uh, I, I think to myself, it's that quote, isn't it? If I, what if I upskill them and then they leave? What if you don't and they stay? <laughs> like, right. You, you, we've got it. And I, I think it, it was Richard Branson that really kind of promoted that, I think. And you know, if we think about that within within our teams and in the workplace, what are we doing to give them more opportunity? And also, what I find when I'm working with clients or in 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 kind of looking at teams is when someone's great, you go, "Oh, it's okay. They 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 get what they're doing. We'll we'll leave them to it." And when you've got kind of maybe average performers or someone that's not performing so great or needs some more support from you or like a new starter, you'll give them more attention. But then the strongest people, you kind of just leave to their own devices. So, uh, well, I mean, from what I see, not I'm not saying you guys, like I'm just saying, in, in, in you know, from, from what we see in the workplace. So to ensure that we're continuing to motivate that person that is a top performer and ensuring that they have opportunity to get involved with maybe some of the activities or to take on more responsibility. You know, there's also that old saying of be, do, have, not be a have, be, do. So, like, getting them involved with other areas of the business in Roz's face, it's like, what was that? <laughs> a be, do, have, you know, be, help them to be before the title, before the opportunity presents itself. Um, and and to, to allow them a kind of, um, I suppose, a little bit of a, a sandbox environment to be able to fail a little bit, um, uh, you know, to, to, to do that in a in a um controlled environment a little bit more than if they were to step into the full role and and you know absolutely go for it so yeah th those are just my first initial thoughts Rhonda it's great it's a great question yeah you know it's so interesting that we do as leaders tend to spend most of our time and attention on the folks that for lack of a better term underperforming right because we are trying to shift um, shift that behavior and to shift that product outcome. Yet we have folks on our teams who are amazing, high performers, and we don't often, we think they're good. I can count on them. I can trust them. Is there, is there a, a trap there for leaders? I mean, because you lead that person, you understand who they are and their strength and their skill set, but now they don't feel valued. They don't feel appreciated. They don't feel like they have um, even the attention of the leaders. And so um, I think that's a, a dangerous trap. So if you're out there and you're in a leadership position, I think what Melissa just brought up is something really important to consider. And anybody want to add to that before we shift our attention to that second group of folks, which is where I think a lot of the attention on the great resignation is. Do you want anything from you, Roz? No, it's just no worries. If not, let me put. No, I was, I was just getting ready to say that as leaders, we have to set. We have to set. Can you hear me? We can now, Roz. Rhonda, we can oh, okay. hear you. I was I was getting ready to say as leaders, we have to set. We oh okay, as leaders, we have to set boundaries, and mm. so you know when we set boundaries, then you know, so far as interacting with employees, not to say that we're supposed to be aloof or we're supposed to be, you know, we have our favorites or whatever. The thing is, is that 
we have to maintain some type of boundary to to be able to sit and watch and then you also too have to use you know the yearly annual reviews the monthly reviews you know those type of data to see where the person is because yeah we have to build relationships don't get me wrong but then also too we have to look at performance so you know relationship and performance will help us determine you know those type of situations and 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 and, and what we need to do with a person I'm Ross Jones. I'm done speaking. Oh, yes. All yeah. the yeses. <laughs> <laughs> Can I add to that, Rhonda? Absolutely, um, Melissa. My thoughts when you were talking back about the person that is the high performer not getting, like, attention or or not, you know, getting that kind of um, contact with their leader because they do a great job, most of the time that high performer is driven by recognition as a motivational driver, so that's like where Roz was saying and you were saying that they lose that feeling of value. They're not feeling valued. They're not having their ego strokes a little bit because they now don't have any attention. So therefore, yeah, it is it is definitely a risky um, situation if, if you're a leader that is just allowing that person to, to go, you know, potentially weeks, days, months without having an actual catch up or a conversation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. So Andrea, uh, back up a little bit, said, I love your graphics. Thank you, Andrea. I actually spend quite a bit of time on these graphics. I am so glad you noticed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Regina said, uh, I agree with Rods. A good leader should encourage employees to grow and to thrive. Um, and then Andrea says, I agree, Melissa, we do that in education. It's it's the focus on the student who is the poor student. They get all the resources and support and the great students have to hunt um, for their own opportunities. And then she said that we want to create next level opportunities for high performers and make sure that they are winning also. I love that because if you're a high performer and even in a job seekers market, are you still looking to leave if you feel there's still some upward mobility options? If you still feel that you get recognized, if you feel like you are valued by, you know, your employer, if you feel back to Roz's point that you have a relationship that's not just based on performance, but they care about you as an individual and a human being. If you find all of those things, are you still as likely to go out hunting for another job? Probably not. Like the money's nice and everything, but we study after study after study after study has shown that people's number one reason for leaving is typically not money. It's just not. We want to think that it is, but it's just not. So I want to pull back up this slide because I want us to go to that group two now. Let's spend some time talking about that group two and then what leaders can do to help this. I should call them a better name, right? That group two. Like, um, so when I'm saying that group two, which isn't the best term at all, um, people who are making the choice between something that is really terrible, unhealthy and toxic and survival. So as leaders, I want everyone out there to think whether you are a leader with a team or whether you are even a colleague or a, an uh, employee that has some of these folks on your team, what can we do, right? What should we be thinking about? And so Roz, how are you thinking about this person? If, you know, and I don't know how you even know this, you run an organization and a team, like how could you even know if someone really thought that they were feeling unsupported or the environment was unhealthy and toxic. I guess maybe we should start there. Most of the time they tell you, trust me. <laughs> 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 they tell you, they, they, 
they say it, they show it, and then and then not only do they tell you, but they tell the other co-workers, they tell their other colleagues, and then the colleagues come back and tell you so and so complaining, so and so miserable, so and I mean it's it's and sometimes we have to look at it's not all the time the job that's causing these issues is sometimes a problem at home or personal. So it's not always the job. They just use the job as a place to dump because mm -hmm. they have people there that, you know, they connect to and it's not connected to the situation. Let me say that because sometimes we think it's the work and it's not. We have to look at all sides of what's going on. And, and that's what I've come to learn mm -hmm. with hiring and having so many people on staff is that you know, I have to look past that emotion and look at the problem. I'm in a position as leaders. Okay, I have to position myself to look at the problem. I have to position myself to look at everything, not just the work performance, but then the performance that they're doing at home. Because if something's going wrong at home, more than likely when they come to work, they're going to be funky and stinky. I'm Ross Jones. I'm Ross Jones. <laughs> And you, and you don't want funky and stinky people in your workplace. I'm, I'm just pretty sure that you don't want that. So, <laughs> so, um, so Dr. Um, Mott Gaines is out there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, and we appreciate you, Melissa. Is that a friend of yours? No, I've never met Dr. Mack, but uh, great to see that we're having so, it's just great. I'm absolutely loving the way you've put this together, Rhonda, and that you're showing who's there because often you can be on here doing these lives and you have no idea who's actually watching, listening, getting involved. So yeah, great to, to see all these people. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Gaines. It's fantastic to have you join us. And then uh, Andrea said, I agree. Why bother uh, looking for another job if everything is good? That's right. I think that's the point, right? I think this is a huge point in the great resignation. If things are good for your people, if they feel connected to you, why are they looking for another job? But then going back, Melissa, to that second group of people, right? We know um, that that group of people exists. Ross says, they tell you. Right. They tell you how how do leaders sometimes I think it's not just verbal communication. Right. But they're showing it other ways. So, Melissa, what are some things that leaders can be looking for to spot that second group of folks? Um, I think sometimes they don't say it. It's what they're not saying. It's, it's sometimes they've been the most vocal person and now they've become the quietest. Now they're not giving input. Now they're apathetic. Now they're like, huh? well, it doesn't matter, like, doesn't matter anymore. You know, whereas maybe potentially six months ago, they were this really enthusiastic person. So I think that also happens too. You've got it, you know, both ways. It's great to know that your team are vocal with you, Roz. Um, but I also think that comes down to the lead and, you know, your style, isn't it? That that they they probably trust you enough to tell you whether it's good or, or great, that they trust you that you've got their back. And that's, I think, is important, is that if they trust you, they'll tell you right or wrong or and they'll sing like a you know a canary right if they if they don't trust the leader they don't trust the organization and it's toxic they won't say anything they they might tell the people in the company though they might tell like their colleagues or their talent like you were saying and then the colleagues might come back and tell you or they'll tell another leader or manager 
Um, but it, yeah, that's that's some of the things that I see. I mean, <laughs> sometimes you can see from what they've been searching on the internet that they've been looking for other jobs. I mean, that happens. Tech, you know, the tech um, department goes, uh, so this is how many job searches. Yeah, Ross, like, yes, <laughs> have been done, you know, um, but we shouldn't laugh about that. Coming back to serious, when you ask the question, Rhonda, how do you feel about this second group of people? They are why I do what I do in day in, day out out because I've been there. I've been in those toxic work environments. I've been bullied in the workplace. I've had um, leaders overlook, you know, the things and the great work that you're doing. I've had it be so objective that always every conversation has to be work focused that the, the person got forgotten about. So I, I, I think there's, there's many things that we can do, but my heart is with group two. What can we do? What can we do today to help those leaders out there make sure that they can be uh, uh, create a less toxic work environment um, for for people. So yeah, that's that's where my heart yeah. is. I love it, Melissa, and I love that you do this work because of you know most of us sort of um, gravitate to something that feels really personal for us that that we've either experienced or that we just have a great passion for, and it's similarly with my work with leaders, right? I. I work with leaders and I want to help leaders grow, develop and expand because when I first became a leader, there was no formal training. It was kind of like, here's the new budget. Here's the keys to the office. Here's how many people report to you. Hey, have a great time. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> right? I was just silly enough to think that I could just figure that out on my own. Right. And I get in the office and I'm like, ah, Wait, hold on, I've been, I need a minute. So I think those powerful reasons why we do what we do and why I love bringing people like you onto the show that can share that passion. So I'm going to back up a second and then we're going to take a quick commercial break. But first, I want to go to Victoria. Victoria says, I come to think that employers during pandemic, um, they analyze their employers response. Yeah, during the pandemic, it really taught you a lot about your employers. How many of them were having town halls or how many of them were just issuing mandates and dictates and saying, here's what we're gonna do. How often were they really listening and supporting versus just making changes and every day you come in, there's a new change, right? Those things matter. Regina said the great resignation, hashtag funky and stinky people. Oh my gosh. I, that that is gonna be that might be the theme for the day. Funky and stinky. Oh my gosh, Roz, hilarious. She says I'm in favor, and yes, it happens for many reasons, and I agree uh, with Roz. They tell you many people don't feel appreciated or supported, and then Andrea said disengagement is an indicator when people are not talking, when they are not engaged, when they are not participating. Those are those are signs. Those are that that is them talking. Right. They're just not doing it verbally and with warms. And then one more comment and we'll go to our commercial break. Victoria said, I also think if people are not appreciated, they will leave because there's really no difference where one will be miserable in an old company or a new company. So in other words, Victoria, they're rolling the dice. They're going I already know this is pretty awful. <laughs> so let me go over here and maybe it will be slightly less awful. Can we get 10% less awful, <laughs> right? Is that a thing? And so people are willing to gamble in that way. So let's go to commercial break. And then when we come back, I wanna focus on again, leaders, right? Now at the heart of any organization that's losing people, you have the overarching executive structure and then you have the leaders. They might be the direct frontline leaders. 
what should they be doing and thinking about in order to forget what's happening in the world, forget that the great resignation is a thing, because it is, right? The numbers show that it is. However, what can we do? What should we do? So after the commercial break, we're going to talk about that a little bit. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. love that last um, humor. Uh, and if you all missed that, it said, last night, I wanted coffee. This morning, I'm drinking coffee. Follow your dreams, people. <laughs> so I, I love that coffee humor. And the point of the commercial was we are designing some amazing fun swag for our guests and our um, watchers that, you know, send us a picture of you in your swag. If you notice, there was a green Coffee with Rhonda t-shirt and a mug that was sent in by Cindy. So thank you, Cindy, for sending in that picture of the cup. Send us your pictures. We'll put them on the show um, and enter you into a chance to win some of the cool stuff we're designing. All right. That's enough of that. If you haven't liked or shared the video, please do so now. But I have got to get back to this conversation. So I want to now talk about the role of um, the role that culture plays and whether or not people are deciding that they are going to go out and seek something else. So, um, all right, we got a couple comments. I got to back up. You know, you guys know that you draw me in with these comments, right? I, I want to see every one of them and I want to hear every one of them. Uh, so she says, let's go here. Regina says, yes, Melissa, so much bullying in the workplace. So that was a comment that you know, resignated um, out there. And there's lots of reasons why people leave, but bullying certainly could be one of them. And Regina, are you promoting entrepreneurship right now? It's a great time to start a business if you're so inclined, right? It, entrepreneurship, it's, it's tough and it's not for everyone, but this is a good time to do it. Victoria says, yes. All right, Amina, you're, you got there before we did. Here's where we're going next. Importance of culture, be creative as a leader, implementing new ways to build morale with the team, like praising publicly opportunities to grow, training, development. I love all of that. And then lastly, Andrea says, your swag is amazing. Thank you, Andrea. I appreciate that. So let's go there, ladies. Let's talk about what people can do or what leaders specifically should be able um, to focus on, even in times of challenge, right? Things are hard out there. We've got the pandemic. We've got a lot of craziness happening, but within your environment, what can you control? What can you do to make a difference from your folks? So here's a slide. And this one talks about sort of some areas that are driving people. And I put these here because I think if I'm a leader and I'm trying to understand where can I focus my efforts, right? There are eight opportunities here. Stress and burnout. Are your people stressed or burnout? A lack of recognition. We've talked a little bit about lack of advancement. Um, good leaders versus poor managers. 
Roz and Melissa. I want you all to think about these on the list. I'm going to ask you to choose one or two and just speak to it if it speaks to you, if it resonates with you. And if you're out there in the audience as well, type one of these in the, the comments that um, really resonate with you and, and feel free to elaborate because as Melissa said earlier, we are all learning from each other here. That's one of the things that I love about the show. I learn something every day uh, that we have an episode of the show. So work-life balance, lack of flexibility, employee engagement, building employee engagement, and lack of that personal connection and community, either to your coworker or we um, or to your leader. We know that the question on the, the survey, um, do you feel like you have a trusted friend and colleague at work, correlates highly with retention, right? Do you feel you have a trusted friend or colleague at work correlates highly with retention? All right, so Roz, choose one or two. Melissa, choose one or two. If you're out there in the audience, choose one or two and it enters some things into the chat and we're ready to get started. So Melissa, let's come to you first. Roz, can we come to you after Melissa, if that's okay? All right, fantastic, Hi. Melissa. Okay. Um, yeah, great, great points that you brought up there. And employee engagement was really where I spent a lot of my time um, is, is focusing on how do you get how do you get them on the bus? Right? How do you get somebody on the bus that maybe fell off the bus? Okay, let's we cannot change the past. We can focus on the here and now and the future. So how do you get them on the bus with the new plan or the new vision of the company? So when it comes to engagement for me, like someone asked me a question yesterday, actually, what's the difference between motivation and engagement? Well, motive, to be motivated, it's really about what's in it for me, right? Like what's in it for me? What, what could it do to change my life? Um, but when it comes to engagement, it's another level. Like it's, it's, I'm invested in the company. I love the vision. I'm bought into the values. Like I know that I am on this bus. I know where the destination of the bus is going and I am fully on board. Like, you know, they get so invested in the company that they start to do things like discretionary effort. That's how, how we can explain if, if anybody's watching out there and doesn't really know, you know, what is employee engagement It's discretionary effort above the norm like so to get that you have to combine so for leaders out there my advice would be ensure that you have the value set ensure that you're talking about the overall mission and the purpose of the company like does it align with that individual's values so that then they can get more invested in it um from from a motivation you still have to know their motivation though and it's not just okay to know that it's recognition or to know that it's incentive or it's money like what do they need it for? One minute it'll be a car, one minute it'll be a house, one minute it'll be, I want to go to Anguilla with Rhonda. That's, if I had a boss, that's what I'd be saying. Look, it's amazing. Um, but you know, the, all the time it's going to change. Like we need to know this stuff. We really need to know what it is. And, and the best way to know, just ask, just ask, <laughs> just sit down and say, Hey, you know what? I haven't asked you like, why, what do you, what do you work for? What, if, what is your goals? What do you really want? And then they might go, and some some of them might not know encourage them to to just look that little bit deeper so that's that's one element for me definitely is is the kind of engagement piece and to you know get their input ask them what's not working ask them what is working what they like a great question that i love is what is the one thing about the company that you would never change you would never want to change and then on the flip reverse of that, if you had a magic wand, what would you change right now? So it, it gives that little bit of a more of illumination 
um, to, to the feedback that you get. So I really like asking that one. Um, so that's that's the engagement side. The other one you asked us to kind of go into two, Rhonda. The mm -hmm. other one that straight away came out at me was you brought up the engagement question about a best friend at work. So <gasps> here's the news <laughs> off the press. So since the pandemic, and actually a lot of people are working from home now or like, you know, out in the field, but they're not necessarily connected or, or having um, much of a community or being in the office with people, they're answering no when they used to answer yes. Either like the close person may not work there anymore that they had, or they're just not with them. So how could they be as as close to that person? And and everyone's lives have changed. So it's I would say if that question is changing, and Gallup says that that's one of the key indicators as to why someone would stay, then what can we do as leaders to actually create that sense of belonging? and that community. Can you do a buddy up system? Could you have mentors or people that, you? Know, because like Roz was saying earlier, like the main thing to me is you want them to have somebody that they can vent to <laughs> before they come to you. <laughs> like, yeah. You want them to be able to have that camaraderie. Um, <laughs> so yeah, those, those, are my, those are my two initial thoughts, Rhonda, uh, back to you. Oh, I love that, Melissa. Uh, so much in that. And okay, tell me those two questions again. If you're out there and you're thinking that you need to ask, that you need to learn more about your people, what's motivating them and get some information that you can use as a leader. What were those two questions again? Okay, so the first one is, what about the company would you never change? What one thing about the company would you never change? And then the second one is, if you had a magic wand, what would you change right now? Hmm. Love it. And you get some wow. interesting answers. Yeah, I love that. That's really great. So, Roz, before I come to you for your two and to share your two, I'm going to go to the audience. Christopher's out there. Hi, Christopher. He said good leaders versus poor managers resonated with him uh, on that list. Regina, oddly enough, said the same thing, right? Good leaders versus poor managers. That stands out. So if you're out there and you're a leader, you know, you can't just assume that because I have a title, I'm a good leader, right? The results speak for themselves, how your people interact with you. That's all feedback. That's all data for you. Um, now, Andrea said, can we talk about engagement? And Andrea, you posted that just before Melissa went a little bit more into engagement. So I hope that that was helpful. The one thing that I'll add on engagement before we move on is it, we used to measure employee satisfaction, right? Are your employees satisfied? But it found out that that was too transactional, right? That was just too much of a moment in time. What we really were asking is, are they engaged? Are they on board? Just as you're saying, um, Andrea, do they understand the mission? Are they connected to that, right? And um, are they contributing above and beyond? Um, and so those are things that are important as well. So I hope we did answer that question for you. And then Cheryl said, employees that work together and enjoy each other's company, even when in working in a bad environment, they tend to stay. Yeah, I, I agree with you, right? So that's an important question. And then Dr. Gaines said, absolutely, just ask have conversations with people. All right, so Roz, what were your two that stood out for you? My two was a lack of acknowledgement and I forgot what the one was right next to acknowledgement, but- Here, uh, you want me to put it back up see. for you? Yeah, was... I think it was like three and four, two or three, recognition, acknowledgement, opportunity. 
I, I never used to recognize my employees. And last week we had talked about, you know, recognizing them. I didn't recognize birthdays. I didn't recognize anniversaries. I didn't, I didn't do a lot of stuff because that's something that I didn't want, but it doesn't mean that the employee didn't want it. I, I couldn't base my decisions on me because then what I was doing was, is I was blocking the employee. I was stunning their growth. And then also too, they felt like they were a piece of furniture and not a human being. So I had to change, you know, I had to change me in order to help them change and be better employees. So now I do, you know, like, like for Thanksgiving, I'm going to give each one of them a gift card to a supermarket, you know, groceries going up and, you know, Yay. December, I'll do something else. And then, you know, I'm doing the, the work anniversaries and, you know, all that. So, you know, recognizing them. And now what I do is I put out weekly videos. Hey, you know, I'm proud of you guys. You guys, we met our goals. Everybody turned in their timesheets on time. You know what I'm saying? And then I mm -hmm. do individual uh, connections too. You know, while we're still small, I can do that. You know, but as we grow, I would have to put someone in place to be able to, you know, to check on the people. But as long as I can do it, I will do it. And then also to, to you know, recognition and uh, acknowledgement also to understanding that they want to grow so what i do mm -hmm. is is that i let them know about different type of trainings this training is free you know a cpr class or you know if they want to you know we have to do our regular ceus so i try to find places that you know it's cost effective for them and i try to do it and give them you know three to six months time to complete a task instead of saying okay you got to do this in the next 30 days and so understanding that they need time to finish some tasks and, and to do some stuff and not put such stringent deadlines on them because you, you already have enough stress being in care in the care service anyway you know taking care of someone you know you have someone's life in your hands so i try to make it now now let me tell you i wasn't first doing this when, when when i started trust and believe this this was somebody that brought this to my attention boss you're making this mistake so i had to, i had to change me in order to get a better group of, uh, of employees and to maintain employees. So now my my employees now with me, uh, some of them have been with me for as long as nine years. So, you know, mm -hmm. when I change, then the employee retention change. I'm Mark Jones, I'm done speaking. Wow, that's so awesome, Roz. And I love that we contribute to just thinking about, so I had sent an email earlier out just to let people know that the show was coming up. And one of the things I said in the email is that leadership is about expansion, right? Leadership is about growth, not only self-expansion, so about helping others to expand and grow and to have a different experience. That's a part of leadership, right? It's not, leadership is not just getting the work done. That's a manager, Right. Managers check boxes and go through tasks. Leaders are a little bit bigger. They're a little bit more visionary. They see that bigger picture. They help you figure out how you fit into the picture. Right. So all of that is super important. So I um, I really love that. So let me see if I have any comments. Then we're going to do our coffee picture and then we're going to move to wrap up because our time is almost up, ladies. I can't even believe it's gone that fast. Boy, I'm not saying that I'm glad that Jeff wasn't here, but I'm not sure how we would have fit him into the conversation. <laughs> so no offense to you, Jeff. I think it works. The universe works the way it works, right? 
Oh my gosh, so funny. So let's go back and see what we missed here. Um, so um, Andrea said, all right, where we go. All right. So Andrea said, yes, Melissa, people will use discretionary effort when there is no incentive to do so when they are brought in. Yes, their opinion matters. So not only getting feedback, but doing something with that afterwards, right? She said, you are spot on. Victoria oh, I, said. Um, can I just say something Melissa, back to Andrea? Like, oh, gosh, sorry. All the messages that Andrea, we're clearly very aligned in our thinking. So, yeah, great to connect today. Thanks, Rhonda. Absolutely. She's she's amazing and really resonated with a lot of things that you said today. And Victoria says, I think for me this year, I found myself looking for encouragement from my company. All right. So leaders, if you are thinking that the only encouragement your people need is a paycheck, I'm going to tell you, you probably belong 50 years ago, right? That is so over. People are looking for much more than a paycheck today. And when we don't give it to them as leaders, they go look for it somewhere else, right? So, um, so Victoria, thank you for sharing that. So I would, one tweak here. So how would you make me enjoy my job today? So I would say, how would you foster an environment where I can be innovative, creative, right? So language changing just a bit. Um, if I can offer you that, Victoria, but at the end of the day, we absolutely get your point um, there. And then Amina says, well, summarized, um, Melissa, yay, lots of shout out um, for Melissa. And then, uh, and then the last one, Cheryl says, employees do want to be recognized because it taps into their human side. Even the Grinch had feelings on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Cheryl. All right, so let's do our coffee cup picture. I can't see your cup, Roz. All right, it's not in the picture or something. Hold on, let me take Cheryl's comment down. I'm just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing here, but I think I'm doing something I'm supposed to be doing. So one second, hold on. I think there's a video lag here. All right, here we go. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we are going to move to wrap up. And um, and as we do that, you know, um, I saw a note here from Christopher. Christopher said fulfillment is paramount. I could not agree more, Christopher. And we're all looking for that. Um, Nusheen said wonderful conversation. All right. So before we wrap up, so if you're out there listening, I love hearing this at the end. We do a segment at the end called What's in Your Cup, right? So when we come back from this quick little intro to this segment, as we're doing that, please type into the comments what we put in your cup today. What are, we, what are you metaphorically taking away from this conversation that you can use to fuel you and to help you um, in your current situation or uh, even to help others moving forward? So we'll do that uh, and we'll start our wrap up right after this. All right. So, oh my goodness, we've come to the end of our show. So Roz, we're going to come to you first and just ask, what are we putting your cup today? And what are you taking away from the conversation that you want to share with others? The great resignation is not going to stop. It's not going to stop. Uh, and we just, and we have to be prepared for it and we have to be flexible. That's what I'm taking away. Awesome. Thank you, Roz. Flexibility is such an important key as a leader. 
um, right, for you to be able to see what you're dealing with and then be able to navigate, adjust, um, and to work with that in a way that serves um, your people um, and that serves you. Because as a leader, I absolutely think you should not be forgetting yourself on your own list of priorities. It's so critical. So, Melissa, what are you what are you wanting others to take away from this conversation? What have we helped put in your cup? And then tell folks um, where they can connect with you if they want to learn more about the amazing work you do. Sure. Thanks, Rhonda. Yeah, I'd say what have I taken away from this? Um, apart from a, an amazing conversation and feeling energized by you ladies. I think it was to to really understand that those there were those two gaps. It's either the professionals that are looking to move or it's actually the ones that are, are doing it based on survival. I hadn't really split that before. So, you know, to, to acknowledge that there is that those those two different groups. So I, I appreciate you bringing that today, Rhonda. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And if people want to learn more about the work that you do, how can they connect with you? I'm not, I'm not great at this stuff, you know, um, <laughs> if they want to get in touch with me, well, first of all, I have um, the Emotioneering podcast, so um, you can check that out, uh, there's like, I think I've just posted the 56th episode on there, so they're all under 30 minutes, so great for busy people, um, and you can also find me at modernmindgroup.com, and there's some free courses and and things on there and and you can, guys can get in touch or if you go on to clubhouse or instagram it's melissa current underscore and you'll find me there so thanks Rhonda, and thanks roz awesome fantastic it's been great to have you here melissa you know as we wrap up the show um everyone there's there's just so many pieces and we cover a lot of ground on this show and i wish we had four hours to go into depth on every single topic but we simply don't the goal though is to cover a wide range so that you the viewer the listener can take away what you need from it right and that, and that will be different for all of us so let me just read a few of your comments to wrap things up i'll share my com ending thought and then we will be on our way so um so regina said uh so many golden nuggets as usual great show uh ladies uh thank you regina cheryl said such a great conversation but when is it not <laughs> thank you cheryl we really appreciate uh, Victoria gave us lots of claps, and so we assume that that means you've taken some good things away and that you've enjoyed this as well. Amina, that caring and interactive culture makes a difference, Roz. Yes, so that's her takeaway. Nusheen says, my takeaway, we're all in this together. The resignation is not just out there. It's a phenomenon that we are all immersed in. Absolutely, Noosh. That is such a great point. Um, Dr. Gaines says, thank you, Roz, uh, Rhonda, and Melissa. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope to see you back for another episode. Uh, I like to identify new names. The great resignation is two-party. Both must listen to each other in order to minimize it. I love that. Thank you. And I'm taking away self-awareness in my cup. I'm just getting started. Happy for the great resignation. And then Dr. Gaines says, give love to the great people working in your org. The great resignation is real. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. You know, as I end this, I'm going to leave you with a quote. And I, I really connected with this quote uh, when I read it. So let me just leave you, I'll let you read this and then we'll wrap up. So for those of you out there that will be listening on podcasts later, it says we should never pretend to know what we don't know. 
We should not feel ashamed to ask and learn from people below. We should listen carefully to the views of the cadres at the lowest level. Be a pupil before you become a teacher. Learn from the cadres at the lower level before you issue orders. That's a quote by by Mao uh, Zedong. What I love about that quote is that this great resignation, although it is real, we don't exactly understand all of it yet and what it all is. So in order for us to really do that, we have to listen. We have to ask the questions. Um, we have to be willing to hear the answers. Um, and then that gives us a great opportunity to learn, grow, moving forward. So we're four minutes over. I've got to wrap up, guys. This has been amazing. Uh, Roz, thank you as always for being here. Ray will be back with us next week, you all. Um, mm -hmm. Melissa, thank you so much. So Roz and Melissa, uh, stay tuned for just a moment while we wrap up. And then uh, for everyone out there uh, watching the show, we greatly appreciate you. If you haven't liked or shared the video, do that and come back next week for another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. We'll see you all soon.